We're just so grateful for the privilege of being able to come to your house and worship you and honor you and serve you to meet you here. It's an honor for us and a privilege for us. And we never take it lightly. We always esteem this opportunity to stand in your presence. We thank you for your word that goes, goes out now and will encourage us and help us. And bring light into our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, this is a friendly family church. Greet a couple of people and then you can be seated. Let's uh, open, open your Bibles with me, if you would, to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. Psalms 139, if you would. And if you uh, d- didn't bring your Bible with you today, we have some here that we'd like to loan you. If you'd like to raise your hand real high, our ushers will be glad to loan you one of ours for the service. And uh, when you leave today, just leave it on your seat, if you would, so we can use it again next time. Psalms 139, verse 7. Psalms 139, verse 7. The psalmist asks a question and says, Where can I go from your spirit? Talking about from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Notice, from your presence. Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. I want to talk to you today about the presence of God. The presence of God. We must understand and know that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. His presence is here and His presence is halfway around the world. Is that correct? He can be here and He can be at the church up the street and at the church halfway around the world. His presence is everywhere. The thing that I want to point out to you today is notice, though, that the manifestation of His presence is not everywhere. Now you say, what what do you mean by that? The manifestation of the presence of God, the psalmist said that, he said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Well... God is omnipresent, He's everywhere, but you understand that those who have died without Jesus and have gone to hell, they cannot experience the manifest presence of God. Did you hear what I just said? They're separated from that manifest presence of God. Yes, God is everywhere, but those who are in hell, they can't, they can't experience His manifest presence. So hell would be a place where, yes, God's presence is there, but it can't be sensed. It can't be experienced. It can't be realized or felt. However, 
you can have the present, the manifest presence of God at a zero level like it is in, in hell, but then you know that God can turn his manifest, his man, the manifestation of his presence up so high that notice Psalm 97 verse 1. Notice Psalm 97 verse 1. Notice the other side of his manifest presence. Psalm 97 verse 1 says, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad, clouds and darkness surround him, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne, a fire, now watch this, we're talking about the manifest presence of God when he turns it up to the full. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Notice when God turns the manifestation of his presence up to the full, it'll melt rock. Is that right? Now, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I want his manifest presence, but I don't want him to turn it up that high. Do you? We need to understand who it is that we're serving. Yes, he's our heavenly father, our gracious heavenly father, but he's also almighty God. And his presence can, his presence is everywhere, but, but he can turn the volume of it, if you will, down to zero, and those in hell can't feel it at all. Yet he can turn it up so high that it'll absolutely melt, melt, melt a mountain, melt rock. You understand that? He can turn it up to the point where, notice, it says, it says right here, that uh, a fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. How many of you know that sickness and disease is an enemy of God? He can turn his presence up to where it won't melt, it won't melt a rock, but it'll, drive, it'll, it'll melt cancer out of somebody's body. He can turn it up where, where, where it'll cause sickness and disease to flee. It'll cause depression and oppression to... To flee. I'm interested in something like that. How about you? I'm interested in the manifest presence of God. Now, like here in this service, we know by faith that, that He's here. Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So Jesus is here. We've gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus. He's here. And I can, I can sense his presence here. But I, I have to tell you that I, it, the, the manifestation of his presence. Uh, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you. When they were singing that, that, uh, that last song, the worship team. I don't know if you can tell it or not. But, but the manifestation of his presence went up. Do you understand? But now then, it's gone back down. It's not at that same level. You know, his, the, you see, he's here, all right. But his manif- the manifestation of his presence can be more or less. Did you hear me? Now, one thing that I want to tell you is that I don't have to feel God to know he's here. Now, that's where a lot of people make a mistake is 
they don't feel the presence of God, so they think he, he didn't show up. Well, that's where faith comes in. And I, I, I don't have to feel him to know he's here. But there are times when you can sense the presence of God. I wouldn't attend a church where you go in and you can never sense the presence of God. That church is deader than a doornail. Did you hear me? You need to, at times, you need to be able to sense the presence of God. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is this, is that you don't have to sense his presence to know he's here. So he's here right now. And I'll tell you the, the fact of the matter is I live my life day in, day out, day in, day out. Much of the time I don't sense his presence, but I know he's there. Because the Bible says when I got saved, he took up residency on the inside of me. Did you hear me? Now notice 1 Kings, the 8th chapter and the 10th verse. The presence of God can be, like I said, he can turn it up to where it'll melt rock. (laughs) I can honestly say I've never been in that atmosphere before. Because if I had been, I wouldn't be here. It would have melted me. But look at 1 Kings 8 and 10. 1 Kings 8 and 10, it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place and the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Now that cloud represents the glory of God. It represents the presence of God. And it represents the the fact that at this point God has turned up the volume of his presence, of his manifest presence. Now notice what happened here. The cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Now, as you study this out, what, what happened is, is that the presence of God got so strong that the priests could not, they couldn't, sta- literally, they could not stand up. They would, they would fall down under that presence, under that manifest presence. That's how strong it was. Now, I'm interested in something like that. I'm interested in God showing up where His presence is so strong and, and so, so, so powerful that, that we just can't even, can't even stand up and continue the service because God is here in such, in such a great way. Now, I can honestly say I've been in on some services where the presence of God was so strong in here, where it was hard to stand up and continue to minister. I remember several years ago in an evening service, we were uh, worshiping the Lord and ministering to the Lord, and the presence of God got so strong in here that my wife couldn't stand up under the presence of God. And the ushers would pick her up and she'd fall back down. And the ushers would pick her up and she'd fall back down. Do you remember that? Now, don't get nervous. I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm talking about things that ought to be happening from time to time in services. And if those things aren't happening from time to time in services, then, then you know, what in the world are we doing? It's just a religious, it's just a religious social club. I'm not interested in a religious social club. I'm interested in a place where the Spirit of God comes in. And, 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 and I don't, I'm not talking about crazy, foolish, crazy stuff where people are just falling down to act like fools. I'm not interested in that. I've had all of that I want. Somebody say amen. amen. 
I'm interested in the power of God that comes in and, and legitimate people, I don't mean spiritual crazies, but legitimate people can't stand up under the power of God because the power of God is so strong. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says the power of God can get so strong that it'll knock somebody down and pick them right back up. Glory to God. Now, I've never been in on one of that, one of those services yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Amen. I'm talking about the real power of God. Amen. And I tell you what, you get that kind of manifestation in a service of the presence of God. We saw that the Bible says that that presence, that manifest presence of God burns up his enemies round about. I've already had in this church many times over the last many years, I've already had the presence of God get so strong in here where people actually, they would start getting healed right in the middle, right in the middle of my message, right in the middle of worship service, right in the middle of the service. I didn't even lay hands on them and pray for them. But the presence of God was so strong that people, they'd come up afterwards and say, my leg got healed, my back got healed. You know, this, this was bothering me when I came. I couldn't hardly walk in, but now the, I, I'm totally fine. Can anybody say amen? amen? That's a result of the presence of God. I'm interested in that. I've had that happen many times over the years. Praise God for it. People getting healed. See, when the present, when God turns up the volume on His presence, people can get healed right in the midst of a service and, and nobody even has to pray for Him. Amen. Notice Psalm 1611. Notice Psalm 1611. Notice this. Psalm 1611. The Bible says, You will show me the path of life in your presence. Notice, in your what? In your presence is what? Fullness. Real loud say, fullness of joy. Oh, fullness of joy. Now, that's a good deal right there. Not just joy, but fullness. Having joy to the full. And that is found in the presence of God. And when He turns that presence up, that volume on His presence up, you get in the middle of that and there is fullness of joy. I've already been in services in here where the presence of God was, was so strong. And I'm telling you, there was a fullness of joy that rose up and you get in the middle of that. And I'll tell you the truth, you don't want to leave. You don't want to, you don't want to leave. You don't, you don't want to leave the, you don't want to get out of it. You just want to stay in it. I've already had services in here over the years where the presence of God was so strong and, and so, 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 so full and the joy of the Lord was so full that you dismiss the service and 30, 45 minutes after the service, the majority of the people are still here. They just don't want to leave. I'm hungry for that. And just because we had it in the past doesn't mean we can't have it anymore. I believe we can have it. Amen. God wants us to have it. He wants us to experience His presence. Sometimes the power of God or the presence of God, the glory of God, however you want to say it, has been so strong. A lot of times what happens to me, I start crying. I've already had the, the, the presence of God so strong where I, I start crying. I can't really finish my message. I remember one thing that has blessed me as much as anything over all these years uh, my wife and I, we, we had just come out of a service where the, the presence of God was strong and full. 
And uh, we were out greeting in the foyer out there after a service. And there's this little, I guess she was eight or nine years old, girl comes up to us. And she's crying. She's weeping and crying. And I, I, I looked at her and she, she looked at me and she said, crying, just tears in her eyes, just weeping under the power and the presence of God. And she said, I, I, I've, I've never been around anything like this. I've never been around anything like I've never been around anything like this. I tell you what, I, that, that blessed me because, because that little girl experienced the presence of God that day. Oh, parents of young ones, get your, get your kids in a, in a church where the presence of God is. Where they can be touched by the presence of God. Like my wife was saying a while ago in that announcement, when they're young and their hearts are open and tender, and let them experience the presence of God. You haven't, you have, I've said this so many times, but you haven't lived until the presence of God has come into that place where you're at and you weep under, under the power of God. You haven't lived until. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't trade anything in this world for another minute in the presence of God. Notice Exodus, the 33rd chapter, and the 14th verse, if you would please. Exodus thirty three fourteen. he said, my presence will go with you. He was talking, God talking to Moses. My presence will go with you. How many of you want the presence of God to go with you? And I will give you what? Rest. rest. There's a rest that comes. There's a peace and a rest that comes from the presence of God, from the manifest presence of God that you just can't get any, any, anywhere else. Notice verse 15 then, he said to him, uh, Moses says back to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. See, Moses got in on the presence of God and he didn't want to leave the presence of God either. He said to the Lord, if your presence doesn't go, I, I'm not going. And I agree with that. If the presence of God doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. How about you? And in the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy and there's a rest and there's a peace. And in Acts, the third chapter in the 19th verse, let's go there. Acts, the third chapter in the 19th verse. Acts, the third chapter in the 19th verse says, Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing. Notice times of refreshing. How many is interested in times of refreshing? I, I am may come, notice where it comes from. It comes from where? The presence of the Lord. There's, there's a refreshing that, that you can get only from the presence of the Lord. Thank God for our sleep at night. The Bible said God gives his beloved sleep and rest and thank God for that. But the rest that this is talking about doesn't come from sleeping at night. It comes from being in the presence of God. There's a refreshment that comes. There's a rest that comes. There's a peace that comes. There's a fullness of joy that comes. And the only way you can get it is to get into the presence of God. That's one reason it's so important to attend church on a regular basis because when people come together and they begin to worship God, it draws the presence of God. And then in that presence, there's fullness of joy, there's refreshment, there's rest, and so on. Notice also back to Exodus, the 34th chapter. Let's go back there, Exodus, the 34th chapter. Exodus, the 34th chapter, and the 33rd verse. 
talking about Moses when he got into the manifest presence of God. Let's notice what happened to his countenance as he got into the presence of God. Exodus 34, verse 33, And when Moses had finished speaking with with the people, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord, notice when he went in before the Lord, when he went into the presence of God to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out, and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whatever the children, and whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone or it shined then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak you know with the Lord notice what being in the manifest presence of God did it caused Moses's face to shine and I believe that every Christian as they spend time in the presence of God it'll cause them to shine now it may not cause their face to glow like Moses probably won't that was an unusual manifestation but I tell you what I can tell when people have been spending time in the presence of God and when they haven't I can tell when Christians are cranky and crabby and complaining about this that and the other one thing that's told me for sure they haven't been spending time in the presence of God same thing's true of me. When you find me cranky and crabby and down on something or, you know, you know how many's ever been there besides me. You guaranteed fact I haven't been spending time in the presence of God as I should. But you see, uh, when people are full of rest and they're full of refreshment and they're full of joy and there's a countenance on their face, a smile on their face, and there's just a glow about them. I don't mean a glow like Moses had, but, but you know what I'm talking about? There's a glow about them. I can tell you one thing. They've been spending time in the presence of God. And oh, if you could ever get a church where people in their private time would spend time in the presence of God and have that glow about them, and then we all come together as a family, as a local church, with that glow on us, I'm telling you what, we start worshiping the God, uh, the Lord God. There's no telling what might happen in this place. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Why are you teaching this, pastor? I'm trying to make you hungry for the presence of God. And then in Zechariah 14, 17, let's look at that. Zechariah 14, 17. I'll give you a moment to find that. Zechariah 14, 17. Now, now we're going to look at this one verse here. and it ha- Now, this one verse has to do with the millennial reign of Christ. You know, there's a rapture of the church going to happen not too long from now. I don't know the day or the hour, but I believe we're living in the season. And then there's a seven-year tribulation period. And then there's the Lord returns, you know, in the second coming. And then there's a, 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 a battle of Armageddon. And then after that, he sets up a 1,000-year reign on the earth and all of that. We, we could get into that. But I just want to look at this one verse here, Zechariah fourteen seventeen. It applies to the millennium. But I think there's a great truth in this for us in the here and the now. Notice that during the millennium, Jesus will be reigning from Jerusalem. And the Bible says it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth. See, folks ought to be coming to church's family, shouldn't they? You know, the mom and the dad and the, and the children. And if you don't, if there's not a dad, then mom and kids. Or if there's not a mom, dad, the kids. But, you know, and if you don't, if your kids are grown, will you come? You know what I'm saying? But families, we ought to be coming together if that all possible. Amen. You understand what I'm saying, if at all possible. Sometimes the wife has to work. I'm not talking about that, but generally you understand God, God, he ministers and he's a family man. Do you understand that? 
And, and during the millennium, but it applies to us now. But look at this. It shall be that whichever the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord, that's talking of Jesus, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no what? There'll be no rain. So during the millennium, you see, God never makes anybody worship him. Did you hear me? See, the devil's not like God. The devil will try to make you worship him. God never makes anybody worship him. God wants you to worship him of your own free will. But you see, if in this time of the millennium, the families that don't go up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord, see, they don't go up to get in the presence of God. On them, there will be no what? There'll be no rain. And I believe that's true in the here and the now. When, when, when people refuse to come to the house of God, you know, to worship the Lord, then on them, there'll be no, we could say, the spiritual reign of God, the blessing of God. But for families that come, for people that come, whether you're single or, or, or a, I'm just saying, for those who come and worship the Lord in the here and the now, you come and worship the Lord. I'm telling you, you come and you get in that presence of God on you. There'll be the spiritual reign of the blessing of God. Amen. And your needs will be met. And sometimes you'll wonder how they got met. And it was a result of just being in the supernatural presence of God. Amen. And he caused this person to do something or that person. And they, and they moved and are you, and you got a promotion at, at your, God can do things if you'll get in his presence. Amen. Amen. And there'll be the rain of his blessing. There'll be prosperity. There'll be enough to cause your needs to be met. The the power of God can come on you and heal your body, cause depression to leave. I'm telling you, on those that will come and worship God and get in his manifest presence, the rain of his blessing will be upon you. And he'll cause you to be a blessing to others as you're blessed by him. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. Praise God. So I'm hungry for the manifest presence of God. How about you? Now, I just want to talk to you just a little bit longer. Three things that keep us from God's presence. Three things that keep us from God's presence. Three things. Go to Genesis 3 and 8. Three things that keep us from God's presence. You remember Adam and Eve? They, they messed up, didn't they? Did they sin? They disobeyed God, didn't they? Look at Genesis 3. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, now this was after they had sinned, hid themselves from what? From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Sin and disobedience will keep you from the presence of God. Now, here's the second thing that'll keep you from the presence of God. And a lot of times, now that one is pretty obvious, sin, disobedience. But look at number two here, something else that'll keep you from the presence of God. Jonah 1, verse 1. Jonah 1, verse 1. I'll give you a moment to turn there. Jonah 1, verse 1. Something else that will keep you from the presence of the Lord. And this one sometimes is overlooked. Look at Jonah 1 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying. Look at verse 2. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai saying. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. 
for their wickedness has come up before me. Now let's stop right there and let me give you a little information here. Jonah didn't like that assignment. He didn't want to do what God was asking him to do. He didn't like the assignment that he got from God. And since he didn't like the assignment that he got from God, notice verse 3. Jonah arose to flee. Notice verse 3. Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from what? From from what? From the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Where? From the presence of the Lord. Now, something kept him from the presence of the Lord. Do you know what it was? It was receiving an assignment that he didn't like. Now, listen to me, because I think that God wants to speak some things, some things to some people here on this. God can give you an assignment and ask you to do something and you not like it. And you can do things in your life to flee from his presence. And the reason that is, is because you don't like the assignment that he gave you to to do. I know when I was younger and uh, just, you know, I had been born again at a young age, but then I had uh, later on, I'd got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I began attending a church and, uh, I thought that I was uh, supposed to preach. And of course, in the process of time, that's what the Lord had for me to, to do. But the first assignment I got in the local church was, because I remember the pastor called me in. He said, I want to talk to you. I have an assignment. I have something that for you to do. And I thought, praise God, huh? he's going to ask me to preach. I actually went out and bought a suit because I just knew he was going to ask me to preach. And so I went and met with him and he said, uh, Terry, he said, I need somebody to clean the bathrooms. Who are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I didn't go back for a while. As I didn't go back to the church for a while. I didn't like that assignment. I didn't like the assignment that God had given me. Now, you say, well, that pastor gave you an assignment. Yeah, but I believe the pastor was, was the, the man that God had me under at that point. And, and uh, I believe the Lord, you know, dealt with that man's heart and gave me that assignment. You know, God can knock some things out of you when you're cleaning toilets. He can knock a lot of pride out of you. He can knock a lot of haughtiness out of you. You know, there's a lot of stuff needs to get knocked out of you before you're qualified to stand behind the pulpit. But I didn't go back for a while because I didn't like that assignment. And you see, Jonah didn't like his assignment, so he fled from the presence of the Lord. And really, if you, if you get in and study this out, you'll find that Jonah, he really didn't want to get away from God so much as he wanted to get away from that assignment that God had given him. 
because he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And there's reasons why. I won't get into those this morning. There's a lot of times where I've seen where God has asked, you know, we're talking about uh, children's workers this morning and, and, and needing some folks to volunteer in that area. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks, I've, I've seen them over the years where I've watched God deal with their hearts about serving in the children's church and they didn't like that assignment and so they've kinda, they kind of stopped attending church, you know. Or I've watched God give people assignments in other areas over the years and they didn't like it. They were just like me. They, you know, just kind of shied away from those things. And Jonah shied away from the presence of the Lord he didn't like the assignment. He wound up... With, does anybody know where he wound up? In oh, in the belly of the fish. Wow. Probably was a whale. I don't know of any other fish that big, huh? Big shark. But the point is, is that when you flee from the presence of the Lord, God's got a fish waiting for you. I don't mean for you to eat. I mean the other way around. The Bible says that the Lord prepared a great fish. Is that right? I tell you what, and, and I, I've learned this from experience that, that you know, you, we may not like those assignments that God has for us, but he, there, if He has those assignments for us, there's a reason He has those assignments for us. Because there's people that he wants us to bless and there's things that he can only do in our lives if we'll do those assignments that he's given us. And, and, and I learned this, that in the midst of obeying God and, and, and even in the midst of cleaning those toilets all those years ago, I could sense and feel at times the presence of God when I was in there cleaning toilets. So don't let an assignment that you don't like keep you from the presence of God. Amen? Amen? Did I get my point across there? All right, and then the third thing that will keep you from the presence of God, very quickly go to Revelation 3. I'm just going to preach on just a few more moments and then, but I, I want to get these last few points in. The third thing that will keep you from the presence of God, notice Revelation 3. In the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, there's seven churches mentioned. This last church mentioned in Revelation chapter 3, it's an interesting situation because you have a church there where Jesus is on the outside of the church and he's knocking and he wants in. I tell you what, I, I don't ever want Summit Church to be a church where Jesus can't get in. How about you? Did you get what I just said? And this was a church where Jesus couldn't get in. And it's interesting, why couldn't he get in? These people were not experiencing the manifest presence of the Lord. Notice why. We're talking about some things that will keep us from the presence of God. Look at this, verse 15. Jesus says, I know your works, that you are neither what? Cold or hot. He said, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are what? You are lukewarm and neither cold or hot I'll spew you or vomit you out of my mouth notice one thing we can note here is that they were lukewarm weren't they they weren't hot they weren't cold what, what can we say they wouldn't take a stand on anything 
they wouldn't take a stand on anything. One person said, if you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I want to be a church that we take a stand on some things. How about you? Where we take a stand that Jesus is Lord, that He's the only way to God. Amen? That, that the only way to make hell, I'm sorry, the only way to make heaven and miss hell, the only way to make heaven and miss hell is through repentance of your sins and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take a stand right there. How about you? I want, I want to take a stand that Jesus was virgin born. I want to take a stand on that. How about you? I want to take a stand on that he lived a sinless life and he never sinned. I want to take a stand on that he died on that old rugged cross for you and for me. That he bore our sins and he bore our, 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 our iniquities. How about you? Is that a good place to take a stand? I want to take a stand that at the same time he bore our sins, he bore our sickness and carried our disease. I want to take a stand on that. How about you? I want to take a stand that, that he shed his holy sinless blood and there's still power in that blood today. As much power as there was when he shed it 2,000 years ago. Can you say amen? I, I want to take a, take a stand that he died on that old rugged cross. I want to take a stand that, on, that he was buried in that tomb. I want to take a stand that on the third day he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I want to take a stand that he came out of the tomb and he said all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. I want to take a stand on that. I want to take a stand that when he was raised from the dead he defeated the, the devil and all of his cohorts. How about you? I want to take a stand that he, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. How about you? I want to take a stand that he sent the Holy Spirit into the earth and that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit is still for us today. Amen. I want to take a stand on that we ought to walk in love and love people and that we ought to, uh, ought, 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 ought to live right. How about you? I want to take a stand on these things. I want to take a stand that Christians still ought to be people of love and people of compassion. And a people of holiness and purity. And I want to take a stand that the house of God shouldn't look like a nightclub. That when you walk in the house of God, you shouldn't wonder, did I just walk into a nightclub? But when you walk in the house of God, you know that you've entered a holy place and the power of God is there. I want to take a stand that sinners are welcome in the house of God and we want them to come and feel welcome, but we don't want them to feel comfortable until they've gotten saved. Did you hear what I just said? I think you might have missed that. I'm going to say that again. I want to take a stand that sinners are welcome in the house of God, but I want them to feel welcome, but I don't want them to feel comfortable until they're born again. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to love them, but I want to get them saved. Amen. I want to take a stand that Jesus is soon to come back and to return. How about you? I want to take a stand and I have taken a stand and I continue to stand. I want to take a stand that this is a pulpit that teaches the word of God. It doesn't just tell you funny stories, but it teaches the word. I want to take a stand and I have taken a stand. We want to be a church that takes a stand. How about you? So they wouldn't take a stand on anything. They were lukewarm. And then in verse 17, because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. A self-sufficiency attitude. Really, it's an attitude that I've got it made, I don't need God. That'll cost you the presence of God. That's a pridefulness, dear friends. 
Notice, I'm rich, I have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. You can read on and Jesus said, don't you know that you're poor, miserable, blind and naked? How many of you know we can think we're doing well and the Lord doesn't think so? Amen? Amen. They had a self-sufficiency attitude, a pridefulness, pride. The Bible said God resists the proud. And this is something that will keep us from the presence of God. I'm going to just tell you, I need God. Without Him, I'm nothing. Without Him, I can do nothing. Without Him, I... I and we're all in the same boat, amen? Thank God we've got Him, amen? And then verse 20, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. means He's on the outside. Why was He on the outside? Why didn't they have the presence of God? Because of a lukewarmness and a self-sufficiency, prideful attitude. So there's three things. What were those three things that can keep you from the presence of God? Sin. What was the second one? Not liking God's assignment. And then three was a lukewarmness and a self-sufficiency attitude. But we'll close with this. Two things that will get you in the presence of God. Two things. And I'll just quote these to you for the sake of time. The book of Psalms says this. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. One way to get in the presence of God, one way to draw that presence, have that presence manifested in a mightier way is to get real thankful. Real loud, say thankful. thankful. Be thankful. Well, yeah, but I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. Uh, stop looking at what you don't have and just get thankful for what you do have. Amen. Yeah, but I just have a little. Yeah, but little becomes much when it's put in the master's touch. Amen. Is that right? Now, is that right? How many of you know you get in the presence of God and Jesus can take a little boy sack lunch and feed a multitude with it? Is that right? I still believe... By the way, I'm going to take a stand. I still believe in a miracle working God. I still believe in a God that can bring water from a rock. Amen? I still believe in a God that can feed you with quail and manna. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's where I stand. Let's come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let's be thankful for what we do have. And you get thankful for what you do have and then God will add too. And then also the Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says, come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing, with worship, with praise, you see. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. Singing praises and worshiping God with a thankful heart draws the manifest presence of God. Well, let's put it this way. God's presence is here, but we begin singing to him and worshiping him and so on and so forth. He'll turn the volume on his presence up. I'm interested in that. Tonight we're going to have a worship service. I hope you can come. And we'll get it. I believe we'll get in this manifest presence. How about you? Stand with me if you would in the presence of a holy God. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Well, if you're here today and you've never been saved, you don't know the Lord. The first step into the presence of God is the new birth, is being born again. So if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never... Turn from your old life and ask Jesus to come into your heart. You need to do that before you leave here today. So when I dismiss this service in just minutes from now, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you need to do that. And you do that by walking forward, 
coming up to one of these nice people up here and saying, hey, I, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to receive him. And just that quick, they'll pray with you. And as you say, with a repentant heart, Jesus, come into my life. He'll come in. The presence of God will come into you. And you'll be a new person. Old things will pass away and all things will become new. You'll be ready for heaven. Glory to God. And there'll be the life of God deposited in you and you'll be able to, you know, go through the affairs of life and the Lord will be there to help you. The presence of God will be with you and he'll help you. So don't leave here today if you don't know where you stand with the Lord Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've kind of been in a lukewarm state. You gave your heart to the Lord at one point, but you've kind of been in a lukewarm state. You want to get back serious with God. You can do that before you leave here today by coming up and just rededicating your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you just need somebody to talk to. These people are up here for that purpose, to help you and assist you with that. Praise God. So come when we dismiss if you need to. Well, let's just take a moment right before we dismiss. Let's just raise our voice to God. With the voice of thanksgiving, we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We bless the name of the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We raise our voice unto you, a voice of thanksgiving. With the mouth of thanksgiving, a voice of praise. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We magnify you. We thank you. We declare that you are holy and there is none beside you. You are the almighty God. The name of Jesus is that name that's above every name that's named. Hallelujah. We magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We lift our voices as a congregation and we magnify the name of the Lord. We bless 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 the name of the Lord. We magnify and bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you. We thank you. We magnify you, Lord God. We love you today. We honor you today. We're thankful. You're welcome in our midst. You're welcome to move with your healing power in our midst. Let the healing power of God sweep this congregation. And anybody that needs healing in their body, let them receive the power of God right now. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Well, say thank God for his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. And times of refreshing come from the presence of God. Well, take the presence of God now and go forth. Have a great day, everybody. Be blessed. And hey, we'll see you back here tonight at 6 if you can make it. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks, Gary.